Good morning, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Healing Your Codependency. I'm Marshall Berkshire, and I'm your guide in rediscovering your life beyond codependency, helping you create relationships that matter to you, purpose that fulfills you, peace and joy in your world. So today, we're going to jump into an, kind of an impromptu episode, something I've been thinking about for the last couple of days, um, especially related. It was inspired by some of the results my students are getting and what they're exploring in their world beyond codependency. And it's the idea of the the pain that comes with positive outcomes. So that's what we're going to be jumping into today. Hi, good morning. It's nice to see you guys. I'm excited to be here and to connect with you. Let me know how you guys have been doing, what you've been learning, what you've been discovering. Just tell me one thing that you've discovered this week about your world beyond codependency in the comments below. For me, it's a little bit more about freedom and peace. And I'm going to be talking a lot about how we can build real secure bonds and relationships when we leave the world of possession. So we're jumping into that in a little bit. But today, let's talk about this topic here where, well, hmm, do you feel pain do you feel discomfort? Do you feel um, like unsure, uncomfortable getting what you want? Do you experience a sense of dread at having the thing you've wanted or the desire fulfilling itself? Do you find yourself pushing it away or avoiding doing the things that would take you towards what you want? This is what I call the, the pain or discomfort of positive outcomes. So in trauma... We, our nervous system and our body are oriented towards survival. They're oriented towards maintaining a status quo. And a lot of times, that status quo is just the tolerance of the unhealthy dynamic, the unhealthy behaviors, the, un- the lack of love, the lack of receiving what we want. We build a, up a large tolerance around this um, lack of receiving positive outcomes and being able to keep them, being able to trust them. Being able to enjoy them. So part of our healing here is how do we receive positive outcomes? How do we navigate the pain that comes up with that? How do we, how do we allow it to enter our world without destabilizing, destabilizing our sense of safety, our sense of worth, our sense of orientation towards reality? So that's what it is. This is really off the cuff. It's off the top of my head, so it's going to be a little disorganized. But that's what I've been thinking a lot about is like, what is it like to let ourselves have what we want, receive what we want, keep what we want? So let me know in the comments below if that's something you've wrestled with, where you you, you encounter, you make an accomplishment, you accomplish something that matters to you, and it's very hard to receive it. Because in my world, it's, I've experienced that numerous, numerous times. Hi, Holly. Numerous times in receiving my own joy, receiving the things that meant something to me, that I had worked for. Um, One of the first examples of this was post-divorce. I just, I I didn't have a lot after divorce. Things were really, really rough, but I was able to buy a bed. And it was a bed I wanted. And it had this beautiful mattress. It was just like sucks you in and just you really it just was like a little cocoon and i took a while to give myself permission to want this to have this to enjoy this 
because there was a lot of discomfort in it. And that discomfort was, hey, what happens if it goes away? What happens if I have to sell it or I can't keep it for some reason? When we have dealt with a lot of tragedy, a lot of harm, a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect, we've also dealt with a lot of loss. We've had things come in that we've wanted that have left, pulled away. We've been discarded by people that we loved and we, we wanted in, in our lives. We wanted to care, uh, connect with, and enjoy life with. We have had things taken from us as punishment. We've had things that mattered to us or that we cared about destroyed as punishment. Oh, Holly, I have to hold space for you there because, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and some of this is like, like in 2006, I bought a car I really, really wanted. I'm a car guy. I love cars. And I worked really hard for this thing, and it was a big moment. And there was a, there was a time in 2012 where I had to give it back to the bank. I had to sell it because I could no longer afford it because of the the choices I had made and some other people made that directly impacted me. And that, that prevented me from getting and pursuing material items that I really wanted because I didn't want to go through that pain again. And so this is a trauma. When we lose something that matters to us or we're not able to keep something that we've worked for that, that is meaningful to us, it's traumatic. So how do we learn how to receive again? How do we navigate the discomfort of positive outcomes? That's going to be a really backwards process, <laughs> just as a heads up. For me, what I had to do is I had to do this thing called pre-grieving, meaning when I'm receiving the thing, my first response isn't joy. My first response is grief. And for a long time, I felt like there was something broken in me with this. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It's, why am I doing this? And then it was, oh, what was it? It's 20, 2023. It was 2018 where I was like, maybe this has something to tell me. So I leaned into it. And I said, what are you trying to tell me? It's like, I don't feel safe enough receiving this until I've grieved it. And so I call that pre-grieving where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to receive this, I'm going to grieve the loss of it first. And so I give myself this period of time to grieve the thing I was receiving. It was really confusing to me and to, to other people. They're like, why are you so sad about getting what you want? I'm like, I got to adjust to it. The only way I know how to live with the presence of a person, place, or thing that I really care about is to, be, is to have made peace with the loss of the person, place, or thing that I really care about first. I have to become willing to lose it in order to have it. It's a paradox, especially for those of us that have gone through profound loss, profound betrayal. We have to go through, the body needs to go through its motions to adapt to its presence. And often that is the processing of the potential outcome that we've had in the past that was really, really painful. I did that when um, I accomplished one of my big material goals, which was owning a BMW. It took me about a month to get really used to having that car and I grieved like, okay, what if circumstances change or something has to happen where I need to, to sell the car in order to do something else? I'm like, yeah, we went through this. I went through that with with um, my relationships. I do that with my friends. I do that with my business. I do that with successes and um, and my bigger goals that I have for me. It's a backwards process. But it helps us confront that discomfort, that pain of positive outcomes because we're not 
we're not wrong. We're really, really smart about this. There's a high degree of intelligence going on, going, you know, this is this could be temporary. This could go away. We could lose this. And yeah, we could because we have, right? So we care for our grief. And in my experience, grief and joy have an intrinsic relationship with each other. The more I'm able to grieve, the more I'm able to joy in something. The more I'm able to embody and access joy in the thing that I am experiencing. And that allows me to actually connect to the thing, to the person, to the place, to the experience, and understand it, and relish it, and have it, rather than, oh, it's there, and then keep it at a distance. Because that this has a lot of relationship to anxious and avoidant attachment systems. Anxious is like, we're going to cling to it, we're going to try to keep it close, we're going to try to control it, so we feel safe enough to have this thing. Avoidant is, I need enough space to feel safe enough to even acknowledge it's there. It's safe enough to even connect with it just a little bit. To kind of have like a, a little nibble of the thing. Because avoidance, don't, they do not bring it in. They just, a little nibble. The anxious wants to be flooded with it because that's really reassuring. It's close proximity. And so we're, we're dealing with this with, with the things that matter to us. Positive outcomes, material things, or our big experiences, or relationships. And so grieving allows us to make space for this joy, for it to be a little safer to move towards the thing, a little safer to experience the thing, a little safer to um, maybe lose the thing one day. And that allows us to become more present with it, more connected to it, and it helps us navigate life's intrinsic impermanence. Because it's like, Maybe I can really relish this for this, this moment right now. Because part of the, the grief is the expression of the love or appreciation for the thing. So we pre-grieve it. We care about the intent and the, or we care about the impact that it brings into our world while also continuing to regulate and nourish our own sense of value and our own sense of capability so that if and when it does leave, we can build in we can amplify the skills that brought it in so that we can begin to cultivate a sense of like available abundance in this thing, which can bring a lot of peace into it. Because like, if, if we live in that scarcity arena, like this is the one thing, it's the only time I'm ever going to get it, that's terrifying. That makes positive outcomes even more. I used to avoid positive outcomes for that reason. I'm like, it's, it could be the only time I ever get it. So I'd rather not get it and lose it I'd rather not get it. I don't want to go through the losing of it if I can't like, be able to receive it more in the future in some other way. So there's a, there's a first the pre-grieve, and then there's the nurturing of practical abundance. I'm not a big into the idea that, that there's a lot of teachings around abundance that I have found very harmful for me. So what I teach is this idea of practical abundance, which means, hey, it's there. We can't see it. We, we, we can't necessarily usually identify the abundance, but when we take specific action and take specific alignment with our intentions, we start to see opportunities show up. That's practical abundance. Abundance is a weird thing because it's never really obvious. It's always something that reveals itself in the process of moving towards it. At least that's been my experience with it. When I cultivate that, it also makes it safer to receive these positive 
outcomes because we're like, hey, maybe I can recreate it again. Maybe this isn't the only time this is going to happen for me. And we can care for the grief and the hurt and the pain that we have lived through with the big losses we have been through. Because all of this inclusively matters. It all breaks down to this concept I call inclusiveness, which is it's all part of the work. It's all part of the reality. And to those parts that are scared, we can bring, we can bring love to them. We're like, I love you anyway. I'm scared it'll go away, and I love you anyway. I'm scared of having it, and I love you anyway. I'm scared it might change me, and I love you anyway. It brings in this beautiful embrace that allows us to be with ourselves, to be with the things we're accomplishing, to the people we're connecting with, the relationships we're nourishing, uh, nourishing, nurturing, I don't know what that is. It helps us receive the positive outcomes so that we can enjoy our world. We can enjoy the accomplishments we create because these are not all based on luck. And we can enjoy the experiences and connections we have and will have and have had. It actually brings a little sweetness into the things we have lost. So that's today's episode, my friends. Go gently with yourself in this work. Go kindly with yourself as you learn to receive and navigate the discomfort, the pain of positive outcomes. And do that with, explore the pre-grieving. Let me know what you think on that. Nurturing the abundance by going, hey, what's just if I trust just a bit, just for a moment, that there are more resources here? So go kindly with yourself. You're welcome, Holly. Also, just as a heads up, this Wednesday is my next eight factors that heal the codependency, heal codependency permanently workshop. Wednesday at 11 and 6 p.m. Link to sign up is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Thank you guys for helping me reach 6,000 subscribers. It's small on YouTube, but it's big for me. I appreciate it. And then I will see you guys in our next episode. Okay. Bye-bye, guys.